everybody, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and the City podcast, where we dive into every episode of Sex and the City, the two movies, and of course, and just like that. I'm your host, Samantha Bush, and as always, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hey, how are you? I'm doing really, really well. Um, you know, the smoke um, from the Canadian wildfires is it's pouring bad. into the city. I, I went for a walk this morning and realized I should not have done that. No, I took Ruby out yesterday morning. I looked up. I couldn't even see the Ren Sen. It was like so clouded with smoke. And I simply just started crying because Do I was like, this is being lost in all this. What? I love when it just hit me. We're all like, this fucking air quality is so terrible. I don't think we're focused enough on the fires themselves. I haven't even thought about it once. It, it truly just hit me that like the world, <laughs> the Canada's literally must has been on flame for weeks. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy is like I haven't seen any photos of this. It's like, true. Like I haven't it's, seen a photo, a video. I've seen nothing. All nothing I'm seeing is the smoke, but smoke. <laughs> we're not really tapped into like the fire themselves, which must be terrible. 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 For us to get it, Detroit's number two in, like, worst air quality right now. Chicago, I think, is number one. It's fucking insane. And, like, <laughs> wait, that's so funny now that you say that. Like, I'm... The fires must be horrible. Not to put my tinfoil cap on, but, like... Are there any fires? Are I'm there starting any to worry. Because I like haven't seen Swifties. a photo. A video. Nothing. Maybe we're fires. just not looking for them, but it does feel like we need to, like drop down and but give I've our seen love and support to Canada right now. I've seen like every angle of paint getting, you know, handed a brie of like a wheel of brie. What the f- is it now just a joke to hand her stuff? Well, now did you it see that ashes, Kelsey Ballerini got hit with something on stage last night? Who? Kelsey Ballerini. Who the fuck is that? Oh my god. You I said love this like it's Beyonce. Kelsey. I love Kelsey. She's a country singer. That? Oh, that's why I wouldn't know. But I love her. Like, her music, like, really gets me good. And, um, yeah, she got hit with something last night on, on stage. I It's n- really upsetting. I don't know what the fuck Kelsey, is going on. But I just feel like, A, concert tickets are so expensive. And I don't mm-hmm. know if Kelsey's are cheaper. But on the whole, concert tickets are just crazy. Mm-hmm. Shout out to In the Cut with, I believe his name is Sam Sanders. It's a Vulture podcast. He just did an episode about why ticket prices are so crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't fully understand. It just seemed like a mixture of Ticketmaster and the artist. Yeah, because artists aren't making really Well, the only way they can anymore. make money is it's to charge that amount. Well, no. and Touring like, and merch. Well, they are barely making any money. Like, right. Beyonce isn't making that much because this concert costs so much. Right. I mean, she's got, like... She's costumes got, like, and that giant screen. Well, but and, it's like, just, all like, the tech she's got. But just imagine paying that. Well, and by the way, I, I'm Beyonce's fine. Of course. <laughs> like, she's, she's a billionaire. Okay. Her and Taylor um, are doing just fine. I don't feel bad for either of them. In fact, I wish they would do some more advocacy work on our end so that I didn't have to pay $1,200 to go see this concert. However, I can't wait. And as I will say, I think it's going to be a life-changing experience. And there is no cost you can put on that. Having said that, it costs so much to go see a concert. Why would you pay that amount of money to throw something at someone? Are they doing it to be cute? Like, do they think it's funny? Well, the one guy who threw the phone at Bebe Rexa, Uh um, if you guys listen to our bonus episode, that is now how we pronounce her name on this podcast. And look, I don't know. I've been thinking maybe that is how you pronounce it because I don't really know. But I think it is Bebe. It's Bebe. Yeah, okay. Not Bebe. 
Bebe Rexa, and he, when he was detained by police, he said he thought that it was going to be a funny thing to do. Okay, he and like, I remember the people who threw lemons at Ariana Grande during Coachella because she simply wasn't Beyonce, and I thought that was rude, and it didn't even hit her. I just think it costs so much. I could not imagine if I was, me showing up to Renaissance, like, you know what I'm going to do? I spent $1,200 to be here. Yeah. I'm going to throw a backpack at Beyonce. It's like, What? <laughs> Like, no, it's so weird. It's so fucking weird. And I have to tell you, so... And you had to pay the premium ticket to be right, close. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're upfront and personal. So you're people. a fan. Right. You're clearly a fan. But I have to tell you, something's going on with concerts because Danny and I went to Ma- Maggie Rogers back in February. And oh God. this... And it was great. Like, everyone was standing. Like, it was chill. Like, it's Maggie Rogers. Like, I'm not kidding. Four people fainted at this concert. Were they on drugs? No, but I'm just like, what's going on? Like, I've been to concerts before, and, like, I've never seen this What was wrong with them? Were they really drunk? I don't know. I didn't see every person, but I did see the flashlights going like this. Like, people wanted her to, like, stop her concert, but I'm like... I'm worried I might paint at Beyonce between my heart rate and just excitement. Tears. Yeah, I, I almost impulse purchased um, Beyonce tickets last last week. You should go. I know. Floor seats in the Hive in Detroit. Guess how much they are? They're not even that expensive. Oh, I look. Oh, I looked this up actually because I was thinking of flying out. <laughs> that would be so um, fun. Wait, not Detroit. I looked at L.A. Sorry for her oh. birthday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean. Once I saw she was doing a show on September 4th, I was like, I at least have to do my due diligence to make sure this isn't a problem. Honestly, I found a floor seat for 600 and I thought about Yeah, the not? floor seats in Detroit, the one that we saw was 500 And I was like, for floor? And she was like, yeah, for floor. In well, to be fair, yeah, to be fair, um, actually, I should say I got two tickets for about $1,100. So they weren't that bad. Where but are you it, sitting? I mean, I don't even know why I'm asking. I'm on the... <laughs> I'm on the floor, but it doesn't have, like, a name. Oh, okay. You're just on the floor. But that's I'm not good. Club Renaissance. I can't afford that. Club Renaissance is insane. I can't afford that. And also, I don't know if I can handle it. I Talk don't about think painting. you could. My head would explode off my body. It really, like, it dead ass. Um, and it was already, it's already going to. I don't think people really understand how much I love her. Beyonce? I, I really, I was explaining to someone that I was okay. going, and I, they were like, oh, are you excited? And I sort of looked at them like, what? Yeah, the thing with you and Beyonce is, like, I don't think you can really, like, it's not something you can even really describe. It would be like explaining, like, the air. <laughs> right. She's one like, of the yeah, elements. we needed to breathe. Yes. It's like earth, air, fire, water, water heart, Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah, All what was, the, what was the other heart, you know, Captain Planet? Captain Planet. You don't know what Captain Planet is? Captain no. Planet, he's my hero. Gonna take it down. I don't remember the rest of the words, but it was a sh- it was a cartoon in the 90s that uh-huh. was meant to teach you about like being a good environmentalist. Mm. Starring Meg Ryan and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I've never even heard of it. Yeah, and they all, it was five or six kids from around the country. So we had Russia, Africa, Asia. Um, well, this is upsetting that I can't remember the continents. I think Europe, maybe someone was from Europe. And then Brooklyn. <laughs> like the white person got so specific that it wasn't just North America. It was Brooklyn. It was Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, and then someone from South America. And they were like, wind, water, heart, 
fire, earth. And when they put it together, Captain Planet arrived and he would take out like evil people who wanted to pollute the planet. Wow. I do remember that commercial of like the... Um... I don't know why we're talking about this. What <laughs> cup are you drinking out of? My Sonia Morgan cup. That's so cute. It's all her, you know, classic little moments. Classic moments. I love seeing that Quincy graduated college and she's thriving. What, what were you going to say? I don't remember anymore. It's not important. Well, nothing we've said so far is important. No. I did just want to review the release schedule because I had a few questions for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. I, I have two, so please go for that it. Just as an FYI, for the for the rest of and just like that, shortcomings episodes will be released to the main feed on Friday. If you would still like your regular dose of us on Wednesday, please join us over on Patreon, where we're now doing bonus episodes that are released every Wednesday. And we're having a lot of fun with those bonus episodes. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you what's upcoming on the Patreon is we are going back to the original text. Mm. We are going to be recapping some early Roni episodes because I got my eyes on an episode from season two recently. And it was the craziest goddamn thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Confessionals are shot on the fly. Oh, People, yeah. Streets. And also, like, not via green screen. Someone just wandered in the background of one of Lou's. Yeah. Remember when Bethany was, like, outside the Halloween party and she roller skated away? No, no, no. I don't even mean that. At one point, they're asking Bethany a question. She's literally packing up her car and giving a confessional. And Ramona just, like, starts asking her a question. And you could tell the producers are like, well, we were trying to get just Bethany B. to explain. Yeah, that's And Ramona's so like, that was crazy. <laughs> and there's no connective thread. They start trips. You know how now, if they're going to do an event, you yeah. have to have a lunch to explain while we're doing that event? Yeah. Now it's just like, oh, Bethany and Lou are going um, surfing. Mm -mm. No explanation. And they just do it in voiceover. They're like, uh, we thought it would be a really fun thing for us to go surfing. <laughs> and Bethany's like, why am I paying for everybody? It's crazy. <laughs> just the, it's like they have to, it's like cinema variety, and they just have to catch the women when they catch them. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a. Dis the camera's, like, chasing after them. Like, please. No, there's no, like, like, whereas now they have, like, call sheets. I don't think like, there okay, was a call gonna sheet. Okay, you're going to go here, and then we're going to go. <laughs> like, there I wasn't that. I think it was just texting. Like, Lou was like, I'm at lunch. Do you want to come? It was, like, um, it was crazy. It, it's the best television. So we're going to be doing some recaps of Old Roni because, I, I whoa, I love to get my eyes on what old OC used to look like. That must look like home like video. Like, early days. Yeah, like, what was yeah. it even shot on? Literally, like, a Motorola razor. That thing from, like, Home Alone? Yeah. <laughs> and remember they had the first reunion in Vicky's backyard? <sighs> and they were just sitting on stools. It's just, like, I, I think it's, it's time for us to go back to the text. I just think we need to ground ourselves. Things have gotten crazy. We can't breathe outside. Well, that's why um, I'm so thrilled with... Did we talk about the fires on mic? Was that on mic, or was the... That was definitely on my... Yikes. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Uh-oh. <laughs> so that's what's going over on Patreon. Just unhinged, unstructured, but fun. Yeah. A lot of, like, what you just heard, but maybe a little bit better. And yes, I did just hit the mic. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so I'm just gonna, you know, we want to give a plug to our iconic shorties. Gina, shout out to Gina twice, because I did forget last week. Carlos, Lauren, Christina, Ainsley, Jenny, Charlotte, Dana, Laura, Jen, Caitlin, Kristen, Lindsay, Casey, Stephanie, and Alexandra. Yeah. We love you all. We love, love all you. the shorties, but particularly our iconic shorties. 
And I got a, you know, a lot of ladies in there. And shout out to Carlos as the only gentleman who wants to support us at that level. I also have to say, like, I just got news that Mary, my mom, has signed up. She is a she is a shorty. Oh god. Not an well, iconic shorty. Hopefully she'll be joining us in this. Well, neither is your dad, so hopefully yeah, she'll be Pink joining us in not. the next Zoom call. And we can maybe throw <laughs> them up and they can tell their tales of woe. Oh God. Oh god. Be fun? <laughs> just just, just listening to my mom talk about how she got her ears pierced on at twelve thirty on a Monday, two weeks I mean, ago. The last call you did reveal to your dad that like mom's on a date, and he was like, "I hope she's having a good time." Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> just live updates from the chat. Should we get into this episode? Oh my god, please! So we are covering and just like that, season two, episode three, entitled Chapter Three. We'll start with a little episode synopsis. Carrie struggles to record her audiobook. Miranda deals with Brady's heartbreak while Che is filming their pilot. Charlotte and LTW deal with the MILF list. Seema loses her handbag. And Dr. Nia Wallace is getting back out there. What did you think of this episode overall before we start digging into all of the individual ladies? Oh, wait, actually, can allow me a little bit of a sidebar and go back. Okay. How have we not discussed that Carrie is getting a cat this season? What are you talking about? Carrie's getting a cat. How do you know that? It's out there on the internet, and I have, I've been Carrie is getting a cat? She and Che are going to be walking down the street. They're going to see a stray cat. What source? It's just out there on the internet, and then later we see her on a balcony just holding a cat. Like a grown, like a full-ass cat. Carrie is about <laughs> to enter her cat lady. Wait, I'm kind of obsessed. And I don't know how, how we haven't discussed this, and I'd also like to discuss that an actor named Peter Herman is joining us again, and he's reprising his role as David. Do you remember the gentleman who Charlotte went on a date with during her break from um, Trey? I'm sorry, not Trey. Harry. Harry, yeah. Oh, my God. He's. I think that's him. I think he's coming back. What? So Carrie's got a cat. David's coming back, and he's on set with CB. I'm shaking. I, don't I know love going. him. No, look, he could be playing a different character. We do know that they're not willing to just bring somebody back and just be like, you're a new person. We know that they play fast and loose over yeah. here because someone did point out that I think it was like last week or something. Harry said that his mom's been dead for 10 years. Oh, yeah. Well, and everyone was like, OK, well, it's been like 30. Did, have you seen, has Carrie Bradshaw given it all up to become a cat lady I'm, from Vogue? Yeah, I'm looking at that right now, Vogue. So we don't have time for you to read the Oh my god, article. what a Please cute react. fucking cat. Okay. That's literally I, me. I was literally like, if she sits there and reads the article on mic. Bitch, please. Oh my god, I love this cat. So yeah, there's a, and that is a similar cat. What do you think she's going to name it? Manolo? John? And it's just like big ghosts <laughs> rolling <laughs> around. People are also saying perhaps that is Aiden's apartment or she moves. Fingers crossed for she moves. It, that's because not Aiden's apartment. He wouldn't have that nice of an apartment. I don't know. At this point, he's probably wealthy. Hopefully, maybe he got a well, divorce from money. Jenny. Yeah, and he like, had we a didn't nice, understand. He had a, well, he's a successful furniture designer, but he had money. And he had that nicer apartment than hers, which was crazy that he was like, let's move in here. Oh, God. That's why I love Big. He was never like, let's move into your apartment. He's like, we need to find a new home. Yeah, he's like, babe, we gotta get out of this. So I'm not looking forward to Carrie becoming a cat lady, but it did feel almost inevitable. 
It did, doesn't it? Yeah. Given the outfits we're seeing her in, she should have had a cat in season one, given what she was wearing. <laughs> when she went into that bodega excited. with that floor-length skirt. I'm excited to hear that Peter Herman's coming back. I love him. He's married to Mariska Hargitay. Right. So mm-hmm. he's also the man on the bike. Remember when she was, like, crazily falling? Do you not remember this set photo? She's like, it's, she's like doing one of her classic Carrie Pratt falls and a bike is coming and people thought it was Aiden. And I was like, that's not Aiden. That's Mr. Mariska Hargitay. Oh, and so that, I is, do th- that does ring a bell. So I do think he's coming back as a different character. So everyone's saying he's reprising his role as David. I don't think that's what's going on. I don't know what's going on. But I did just want to make sure we discussed that because I've been meaning to bring it up. So let's get back into this episode. What were your overall thoughts? My overall thoughts was this episode felt less like they were trying to fit so many stories into one. Like I felt a little bit last week. Um, but overall, well, we were I mean, also discussing two episodes. Totally. So, so that kind of made it like a little bit more confusing. Um, but this episode, I mean, Chris, I'm loving it. Like, I feel so protective over these women. Like, I'm, I Well, let's them. not get into that. Did you actually enjoy the episode? I did. Okay. Not, Thoroughly. Because I think we could both agree that we feel protective over the women in the show. Mm-hmm. But I genuinely want to just, to take that out of it. I was excited to see, like, you know, LTW and Dr. Nia Wallace together. Like, I was excited to see, I don't know, like, it just felt good. Like, the SEMA storyline felt fun. It just felt lighter but also had a lot of heart like i cried it did feel like a return to form it did not only of just and just like that but why we're doing this in the first place Mm -hmm. because you know the first season had its highs and its lows i don't think uh, with the exception of the finale of season one i would say the other nine episodes have highs and lows but there isn't one great episode of it Mm mm-hmm other than the finale, which I think on the whole is a pretty fantastic viewing experience. Those first two episodes were a real grab bag. I actually think they would have done a lot better to not release them together because they weren't a cohesive story. So it would have just been totally fine to release episode one and then do the next 10. Yeah. But I think that's just Max's release schedule. This felt like, okay, we are doing this for a reason. I remember Michael Patrick King saying he wanted the show to feel like you, you as a person had run into Carrie and then you see a friend and someone says, Oh my God, how did she look? And you said, she looked fabulous. This is the first time I felt like I saw her and I was like, Oh, this is the Carrie Bradshaw. I remember. Totally. She's not saying things about Cardi B and Megan the Stallion. <laughs> Although there was a lot of pop in the pee talk. And that is so, you know, yet Chris, we never it's landed so on a pussy joke. But it's so important to like, you know, see yourself represented on screen. And I felt represented. When she kept talking about pop in the, uh, oh yeah. Cause I, that's, I do that. I, my You're dropping pop. those peas and I drop the peas, dropping the teas and popping the peas. I'm swallowing the teas. <laughs> Never not. Never not. But it just felt, like, really good to be back. Like, it just, like you said, it felt return to form. Like, it felt all the stories, there there was a lot going on, but it was all stuff I could really get into. Not just, like, 
what the fuck is Seema doing? Like, what is Che doing? Like, why it is really Seema running fun. around with this gay hairdresser? We just met, <laughs> like it was crazy. Was giving a off the wall performance. Yeah, it and felt the- grounded. For as, as much not, as it could. And yet still batshit insane. I know it was perfect. But I really, I don't know. I, whereas I struggled to watch either of last week's episodes again, with the exception mm-hmm. of the LTW scenes, this one ended and I had to go, I wanted to go for a walk wanted, to get coffee. And I really, would, I, as I was out for my walk, I was not able to breathe, but also desperately wanted to get home to watch it again. I know. It doesn't feel long enough to me. Like, that's how I feel when I, it's, like, I'm almost I'm really over. hoping we continue upward, upward, upward from here. I hope so. So let's get into the individual girls, and we'll start with Dr. Nia Wallace. And mm-hmm. right off the bat, we find out that she has officially separated from Andre Rashad. And I let out an exclaim of, thank God. Thank God. I was actually upset they just had separated. I wanted divorce papers. I wanted to say they got the fastest divorce in the world. We're done. We're never seeing them again. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want her circling back. No. No. We never see that character again. I'm good. I love that actor. But I don't want to see him again. Right. Get gone. And I'll tell you what really helped me want to get him gone was that hot sound guy. (gasps) Chris, when he reached down to, like, get her mic, I was fully sweating. I was like, this is maybe the most beautiful man I've ever seen. With paired with the most beautiful woman. And I he do you know who Keegan Michael Key is? No. He's the comedian. he was from Keel and P. Did you watch Parks and Rec? What's Keel and P? Jordan isn't what's um Peel and Key? No. Keel and Jordan Peel? Isn't that his name? The guy who directed Nope? Yeah, but who said use Peel and Key? Key and Peel. Oh no, it's Key and Peel. That's the name of the show. Yeah, I was like Peel and Key, but you it's called Jordan it Peel Keel and P. <laughs> uh, but it's Jordan Peel, right? The yes, director yes, of yes. Nope and Us. Yes. Okay, and Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, and he was also on Parks and Rec. He's gorgeous. This guy looked like an even hotter version of him. Okay, because I know who he is, and I was like, that's not this guy. But now that you're no, saying no, that, no. I get what he you're lo- saying. Yeah, he looks like a hotter version of Keegan-Michael Key, and I'm already very attracted to Keegan-Michael Key. He was so fucking hot. And, and there's just nothing like, hotter to me than a man in a Heather Gray sweater. I know. And also just, like, it felt fun to see the women, like, being flirty again. Like, flirty and fun well, and we sexy. we did watch them all fuck last week. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, in a more, like silly like not so like fucking way like they're like you know winking and like having having a good time i really enjoyed it and also like she's so fucking breathtakingly beautiful like honestly it like hurts to look at her like when her and ltw were on the same screen i screenshotted it and i was like my brain can't compute yeah and just aesthetically ltw her hair i loved her natural curls this week the glasses and I appreciate that she's well, LTW is such a business per- minded person that she was just like, your heart is actually there. So go over and give them your number. Mm-hmm. Speed it up. We got to get to lunch. Yeah, that was so you. And um, there isn't much to her storyline this week, but I appreciate that we get the text back from him and that um, she's getting back out there. And I'm really excited that I think for the next eight episodes, <laughs> it's going to be like her ho era. I love that. And I also loved the lunch where, you know, they were with the, she was with the girls and she was like, let, maybe we should talk about like serious things, but it's like really bitch. Like we're, we're going to be excited about when the guy texts you. And it was like just a cute moment between her and LTW, like getting excited. Yeah. And I mean, 
there is something really nice about the show making sure to find space for the two of them to be together as black women, but particularly very different black women from different. Well, I guess we don't know what their back, either of their backgrounds are, but certainly different current socioeconomic statuses. Mm -hmm. Um, Just different vibes. Upper East Side, wealthy documentarian, Brooklyn professor, but that they're both also incredibly um, intelligent. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate that it's, it didn't feel like now we're slapping the two black girls together. (laughs) It, they found the most natural way at least to get them together which was to discuss what I imagine is a sort of Katanji Brown-Jackson-esque Supreme Court justice that they created for this world. I was into it. I love everything with Dr. Nia Wallace. Love. Absolutely. No notes. Now let's get into what was my favorite part of this episode, Charlotte and LTW. Everything going on at that school, I was smiling ear from ear. And I did mean to say that I think this is the best episode of television since Succession ended. That is huge coming from you. I haven't had this much fun uh, watching a TV show since we watched Shiv run out of that room. (laughs) Just like, fuck both of these people. Them together on screen. Their chemistry, the laughs. I'm just... It feels like Charlotte finally has a friend she likes. Chris, you know what? So I was thinking the same thing. I was like, this feels so good to see Charlotte have someone in her life that like she really can connect with and bond with. Like they're very, they're in the same kind of world. They have a lot more in common. I just feel like sometimes Charlotte gets like shit on. Um, well, I also think that Charlotte, and it was interesting on the Michael Patrick King podcast, he had mm-hmm. the three girls on and yeah. he talked about how really what he loves about Kristen Davis's performance is, is that sometimes she will look at them like, what am I doing here? Right. And while she might love them, and I think a lot of that has... Get the cat out of here. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, a lot of that has um, slowed down, I think, over the years. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to see her with someone who has the same priorities mm-hmm. as her, and so that she's in this almost judgment-free zone. And so we find out that the school has a MILF list, and that LTW are number two and three. And I have to say, if you're going to position that there is a more beautiful person in this show than LTW that isn't Dr. Nia Wallace, yeah. show them to me. I, Chris? Where is I this woman? Of. Where is no, this woman who's number like, one? I was like, Point like, her out. where is the stepmom? Like, who is she? She clearly doesn't exist. Because I was like, this is nuts. This is crazy. They the couldn't even just- show her. It is clearly an imaginary human it. being. I would be like, that. Ah, come on, guys. Like, to have a more beautiful woman than LTW, like, please. You pulling her out of here? Like, let's get gone. Yeah. Who is it, Natasha? Get her out of here. <laughs> that would be that would be really weird. Um, it. I just love them together and, like, the laughs. You know, I was smiling ear to ear, like you said, watching them. Watching now, them ogle that of, young man. Now, hold on. Before we talk about that. <laughs> What kind of crazy ass school seemingly has daily parent teacher conference, like parent assemblies? It was, it's like, how long are these people having to sit here every seemingly once a week? I feel I like my mom went to my week. elementary school top of the year and last day. Yeah, I don't think my mom ever went. And I feel like last day I was just like packing up my box myself and had to. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like with my parents, like they went to the teacher conferences like one on one, but they definitely didn't do like PTA shit. Yeah, my parents like, didn't I, have time. And I mean, LT, I mean, Charlotte doesn't have a job, but LTW does. 
Yeah, but I feel like LTW is kind of on her own schedule. I mean, certainly. I mean, she's losing film, edits. She's filmmakers, you are, but like, it's just like, who has time for a weekly parents meeting? That's a, truly an assembly. Sit down in a row, and I'm going to give a speech to you all. And that actor who plays the um, principal, the principal, he like is always plays the same character. He's great he's on Will and Grace as yeah. um, one of the gay friends. Um, there's a, he's I love him. He, Larry, I think, is his name on Will yeah, and Grace. I think it's Larry. Um, but yeah, now we need to talk about the introduction of Milo H. Never have I ever. He was not. I. But I appreciated how they played it. But I died. needed a bit of a hotter man. Having come off of Never Have I Ever, if we are going to sexualize a teen, okay. I need it to be the level of hot of the teens we got there. Okay. Because they were throwing men on that show where I was constantly pulling out my phone and Googling, please tell me he's 18. <laughs> please. And then you look and he's like 26. Well, <laughs> like, there's, okay. there's the main guy who's like 47. Yo, he is. He's the, like, gorgeous. He's so stunning, but like. But he definitely, from episode one, I was like, come on, this guy is older than me, isn't he? <laughs> Then I looked it up and I was like, yeah, we're the same age. Like, But they no. introduced some hotter characters throughout the show. And each episode I was like, God, tell me he's 18. Tell me he's 18. Yeah. And I was always like, 19, we're good. Work I, I, in the clear. I do have to do some of that over on Sex Lies of College Girls. I'm like, how old is Julia Louis-Dreyfus' son before I start having feelings? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm always like, 21, we're good. Do they put teens in shows anymore? Like, young teens? They tend not to just for working hours. Right. But I always gotta make sure, because I don't... Gotta double track. Before some impure thoughts come in, I just want to make sure, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I I really did have a laugh when he I, was... I, the, the rap song added in, the, these older women. And I appreciated that they all found him hot. All of them. And they, they were, were all, all just horny. kind of, like, speechless. And they were like... Oh God! And one like, of them he truly, we're hot? Like, truly, one of them was like in heat and was like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh!" <laughs> it was funny and it was perfectly played. Like it wasn't like cre- It didn't come off like creepy or like inappropriate. It just was like, "Oh my God!" This like hot young teen thinks like we're hot. And I loved LTW's. Why do I feel like Blanche Dubois? I thought yeah. she hit that line beautifully. And I love that it wasn't what we thought. Rock had nothing to do with this. Why did you think Rock would? Did you think Rock put his we own mother? We literally had this conversation on this podcast. Did we? When the trailer would be, came out. Okay, but I think then we didn't know that Charlotte was on the list. Once right, Charlotte was on the list, I was like, well, okay. I don't think Charlotte's put. I don't think no, Rock but when would we put saw the trailer, mother. when we yes. saw the trailer, we we thought we're like, oh, Rock is yeah, obviously. I thought you were this. watching the episode and you were still waiting for Rock no, to come out the door. No. I was like, that's dark. <laughs> no, oh my. God. My mom's the third hot in the sky. <laughs> Yikes. No, 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 no. But, like, I did, going into the season, think that that was what was going to happen. I really appreciated the choice, to because <laughs> I was worried that when that list opened, Charlotte wasn't going to be on it. I was and we were And we were going to do a, like, Charlotte versus LTW storyline. It was really funny at the lunch when she was, like, basically, like, you know, women, like, we don't... What is it? What is she... What was she saying? Um, like, we're Come not on. all... It's... <laughs> We're not, we're not, we're not like, um, 
our brunches on our aren't always like this. No, no. When she was talking about the list, she was like, like before LTW got the list, she was like, you know, women like we aren't just um, our looks like that kind of conversation. Like we're more. I don't than that. remember this at all. I don't. And think then all that of a sudden, happened. she said that she was like on the list, and then they got really excited. And I, I, I liked that. that. Happened. Maybe it didn't. I was imagining. I, maybe it did, and I blacked it out. But I loved them at the second parent-teacher conference, the standing up and defending <laughs> the young man. I loved um, LTW's line about, we have a commitment to restorative justice here. And yeah. that's mm-hmm. where I really think that this show could shine. Instead of um, outright putting these sort of new words, trauma, triggered, this body shaming, all of these sort of new, um, the new language we've created to talk Mm -hmm. about experiences we've always had. Mm -hmm. Do this sort of kids are all right thing, one of my favorite movies, where you're making fun of people, you're using the language, but making fun of people who use it, right? There's Mm -hmm. a great scene in The Kids Are All Right where she says, I think you just need to sit with that a moment and let something rise to the conscious, your consciousness. Yeah. And it's like, that is like parroting the idea. And I love the idea that it's, LTW would use the school's language to free him. Like, we have a commitment to restorative justice here. I mean, let's be serious. (laughs) That's so true. And then I loved the beat of them at the end. What? Like, just them in tandem all throughout the episode. I know. The small beat of the guy, the gay guy next to them who goes, I thought you should be one and two. Yeah. I loved that. And it, it kind of reminded me of the scene we loved so much last season where they both showed up with coffee. And it was like, I got you a coffee. Oh, yeah. It's like, they're so like, in I got sync you with a each coffee. <laughs> their yeah. Muppet moment. I love that. So there's just it, something nice really, they have such great chemistry. Yeah. It's so nice to see Charlotte, like not be kind of like poked fun at for how she lives her life. <laughs> for sure. Now. Oh boy. Okay. Let's go over LA way. <laughs> Get on a plane, buckle ourselves in, order a martini, and fly about six hours out, land in L.A., unpack, and go to that gorgeous home that they're renting. Stunning. I I will say, there's never a place I've wanted to be more than that, like, lazy, beautiful, flower, flowery backyard with the pool, always bathed in light. Even at nighttime last week, it felt to be daytime. It felt... Amazing, and I'm like, I kind of get why Miranda like doesn't want to leave. Um, I also am like, is Miranda paying for all of this? Like, does she make a lot of money? Um, I would imagine that there's a how there's a housing relocation stipend that the studio is covering where Che oh. is currently staying. Okay. Um, during the pilot, mm-hmm. but they're running lines, and I thought it was really I was scared at first. Continually interesting to see. Well, at first, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Same. I thought I was that like, was Miranda just calling Chea Cannoli. Carrie... Chea Cannoli for literally no reason. Right. But I think it is so fascinating to watch Che be worried about this depiction of non-binary people on television. It's very much in tandem with their stand-up last season. Um, the first time you see them, I think, in their Netflix special when they say non-binary people aren't always tragic they're not always sad we need to see them in a various and a plethora of ways i do continually find it strange that the show didn't make the choice to have che be a writer Mm -hmm. not that all stand-ups become writers of their own television shows 
but it certainly it was what Michael Patrick King did. The only reason I could see them not doing it is is we've been introduced to this new trans, um, sorry, non-binary or trans character BD, mm-hmm. and so we are getting these this other experience. <clears throat> it does feel like we introduced another non-binary character, and they're also an asshole. Yeah, it felt <laughs> not loving BD. Not loving BD. Um, BD I don't love BD's wild. energy. Um, but it maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in LA. It I like I have to tell you when I heard Miranda say cannoli, I was like, oh, we're calling Chaya cannoli, and well, then I realized like what was realized, going on. Yeah, she was giving her best Tony Danza, and I had wished that oh, um they had God. asked Cynthia Nixon to do a Tony Danza impression because I, I wrote down here. Tony Danza sounds like Steve. Tony Danza's accent work is I don't Steve. know what's well, going on. It's not on. his accent work. That's just it's his just voice, him. sweetie. Is that just how he talks? Yeah, and some did say actually that you are confusing Tony Danza with Henry Winkler. Do you have a problem with Henry Winkler? I love Henry Winkler. I said I would ask. I follow him on Twitter. I told them I would ask. I just said, like, this I'll ask upsetting. her if that's who I Henry People are truly trying to figure out who you hate uh, in in the land of sitcoms. Is it Doogie Howser and Neil Patrick Harris? I honestly feel like it might be George Lopez. Oh, that's sad. I love George Lopez. Do you? Yeah, I mean, if I used now, I didn't watch his sitcom, but at like one a.m. when I couldn't sleep, he had a strange. Um, talk show called like Lopez mm-hmm. Tonight, and I, for some reason, I always found myself there. I feel that's who I thought Tony Danza was. And do you have a problem with George Lopez? I don't love him. I don't know why you would have any strong feelings about him. I I feel like I just remember him kind of being everywhere and like I didn't understand why. He definitely got the treatment of like we need a minority person so George Lopez will be everywhere for like two years and then he went nowhere sadly. Though I think he might be currently on a long run. He has a show. show. It's like how I think Tim Allen has been on TV for the last like nine years. He has been. But, like, who watches that show? Republicans. Shout out to Buzz Lightyear. Did you know that I thought George Clooney was Buzz Lightyear my entire life? Well, that's very dumb, because he clearly isn't. <laughs> they have such a similar voice to me. They don't at all. I was so confused. Never heard George Clooney sound anything like Buzz Lightyear I was or like, Tim Allen. No, but I was like, they clearly modeled Buzz Lightyear after George. Did you think Buzz Lightyear looks like George Clooney both. or that he was George Clooney? Both. Well, neither are true, so. <laughs> I don't know why um, I love that. I did think droid phones down bad. <gasps> like, why are they these droid phone Dragging. shots? Now, I don't have a droid phone, but Jesus Christ, they're like, this phone is fucking shit. Yeah, Miranda's like, uh, I don't know how they talked me into this. This phone is fucking awful. I don't get any phone calls. I don't get any messages. And maybe it's like an L.A. thing that's like L.A. people are like droids, but New Yorkers like iPhones. I'm like, what's happening in no, this show? I think show? everyone likes iPhones. Exactly. It's like, that's crazy. It's madness. Yeah. And also, I, look, I love my iPhone. Don't have a droid. Will always be an iPhone person. Mm-hmm. I do think people with droid phones are getting their phone calls and text messages. I would hope. I mean, <laughs> I don't know though. My dad has an Android, and sometimes things don't he's just go ignoring through. you. That could be it. But he also, you know, will send me texts like multiple times, the same text because he doesn't think it's sent. It's like a lot. A lot's going on over there. I think that. Well, I'm but I that also think some, he's using like Boost Mobile or something. I'm put like that on some some human error. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to get to see what's what with Steve in that phone. 
What did you think of Miranda deciding to get a tattoo? Okay. I loved this. I have written here, Ricky is a king. No, I I have down here, Ricky and this robot is so funny with a heart. And I love the idea that he's like, oh, you know, like when you were stuck in the corporate law world for 30 years, so that what he missed is Miranda telling him her whole life story. <laughs> right. Like, he's like, oh, well, of course, when you and Steve went to that wedding of your gay friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I loved it. I loved it. It was so, per- it was like so well done and like so funny. And him just being like, I have a whole book of robots. <laughs> you don't want to be a cog in a machine anymore, Miranda. I think you've got some real commitment issues and we need to drop into those. <laughs> I was attracted I was to him. Ricky was giving me everything. Because he was so hot. It was crazy. He like, was we my are... version of the man from last week. You like... that, that, that evil surfer. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't evil. He gave her his phone. He was oh, kind. No, I, didn't, I didn't care for that gentleman. Oh, I did. Well, it, what's interesting is, like, the men on this show are, like, just so hot. Remember, like, in Sex and the City, they were, were kind they? of... I struggled last, the last, first two episodes. This one, I felt the casting was A+. plus. I didn't were... see no one who couldn't get it. Okay. I don't know what was going on the last two episodes. I was really struggling. I'm, like, attracted to Franklin from, like, just a physical standpoint, but when he talked, I am I wasn't, now, post-seeing him in Light in the Piazza, but now he's gone, so we, yeah. I don't think, I don't think we're circling back to Franklin at the end of the season, no. like, Carrie's like, wow, what a great guy, I gotta go back to him. I think I was Franklin is gone. No. Um, I appreciate it. She calls Carrie, and Carrie's like, it's time for you to get home. If you want to get a tattoo, get your fucking ass back to New York. And I appreciate that Miranda textually says, this is fake life. Yeah. Like, that nothing I'm doing is really grounded in any sort of reality. I thought that was such a nice way of showing us what is true without hitting us over the head. Mm Mm-hmm. But then we're in line for the pilot, and we oh get a call from B Boy. B Boy, he back. He's and back. He's in Amsterdam. You, I fell for Brady. There is nothing worse than when you are on the phone with someone and crying in public. Like I really thought that was a brilliant line when he says, "I have to hang up because I'm starting to cry." Mm-hmm. Because there is that level of like. You're with someone when you're on the phone, Mm -hmm. and yet the world views you as alone. So you're in the middle of a a sort of duo experience, but the world Mm -hmm. sees you as solo, just standing there in the street crying. And I've totally just like, I have to hang up this phone because I look fucking crazy. Yeah, I have too. And also just like, it really took me back to like the first heartbreak like it, it, it was devastating. Within one second, I was sixteen again. I, it was I like know. listening to Sour. Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah, I was hearing driver's license. I was hearing what was that one I loved? Um, I loved. I loved them all. Honestly, it was that fast one, sort of about like good for you. Yeah, no. The it was like um, I'll get you back. What's the like revenge? Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Can your cat please so get the sorry. fuck out of here? So Sour track list. It's it brutal. Jealousy, it jealousy. Jealousy, jealousy. Yeah. So seeing Brady, I absolutely was right back into mm-hmm. Olivia Rodrigo. I was 17 again in love with my neighbor named Thaddeus. What? I was in love with the, my neighbor named Thaddeus. That album to me, in like... 
that's where I tracked into and seeing Brady on that street when he almost got hit by the car. Oh my that god! Was clearly being it was clearly filmed in the West Village because I know exactly where they were. <laughs> that was not Amsterdam. It it was just like so brutal and like I remember when I first like my real first heartbreak like I called my mom and I was just driving and I was so so sad. So you were singing driver's license. I was singing driver's license and like I was so sad and like my mom like seeing Miranda feel like so helpless but like wanting to like do something but then also was like I'm in the middle of this right now like it it felt so real it really I need did. everyone to know that 100% the minute we hang up this call both Sam and I are going to listen to like Olivia Rodrigo and cry. <laughs> 100% I'm excited for her new album that's coming out yeah 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 vampire guts oh, is, the al- is the single called vampire I think it is I think so but I think the uh, album the album guts. itself is called guts that's disgusting yeah um, <laughs> Mostly because I just think of the phrase, like, you know, that disgusting phrase, get up in them guts. <gasps> it's oh. one of, it's truly oh, the most what? visceral, disgusting Goodness. phrase for sex I've ever heard. That's upsetting. I appreciate that he says, she says, get to the hostel and call me back. And then yeah. that she does that sort of motherly thing where she says, what are you, what are you doing? And he has, and she makes him repeat it. Yeah. It was just so like. I don't know. I and that was the first time I cried. In this episode? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about why I didn't cry earlier later. Okay. I was like what? I cried twice in this episode and they're both related to Miranda. That's wild. Um, and so she has to hide her phone. I really loved this um security guard. Well also I, I have to just and say Miranda really quick. need to go on the road. I do think it was really sweet that she was like, Well, did you call dad? And he's like, Yeah, but I wanted to talk to you. It's like yeah, that. I mean, me. let's, let's okay, be real. let's play this phone call out. Okay. Please Dad, do I'm your best broken. work. I can't hear you. <laughs> what? Let me get my hearing aid. Yeah. Dad. Dad, I broke up with Liz, what's her name? Louisa. Louisa. Huh? Huh? I'm playing some pickup ball. Not pickup ball. I gotta go to Scout. Bye. He's like, I love Scout's you. closed. I gotta, I gotta call mom. Yeah, I gotta call mom. But no, no this was secure. still open as of last season, wasn't it? He talks about going to the bar and how he can't keep people. Great. You you think it closed between season in the three weeks between season one and two? <laughs> yes. It shuttered its um, doors. No, the security guard and Miranda were they were comedy gold. I loved gold. the last beat when she just shows up again. And I believed you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Miranda is. Oh my god. Watching the taping, it's... What did you think of Che Passa? I thought the set was crazy. The set was giving 2002 sitcom. Like, I was like, they don't make television like this anymore. Like, I think they do. We they... just don't watch it. Do they? Mm-hmm. With a live studio audience? Yeah. There's one with the guy from New Girl and the woman from Martin that's on CBS that is, like, ridiculously popular. What? And, like, I think Cedric the Entertainer. It's, like, him and, like, what? Max Greenberg. It's called, like, The Neighbors, I think. I've never heard of it. I'm telling you. No, they still make There's a um, whole market that we just aren't aware of. Let okay. me look. Lest we forget, the people who watch Big Bang Theory need something to do. Bazinga. So, this was definitely given Bazinga. I did think that BD and the writer's team of Che Passa wrote a good joke when he said, you're Bob's burger haircut. That was funny. That felt funnier to me than some of the jokes we're getting in the text of and just like that. It was good. And, you know, you know, Che, 
giggled. I, before you said that, I thought Tony Danza did a beautiful job in this scene. <laughs> I thought he was selling sitcom realness, but then when he had to go into that sort of, um, I'm the pro, let me take care of this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm burning my sauce. I was like, I know. This guy, I was like, and he had, a, he had an apron on that said, um, Penne. Penne. The problem Paul, or something. Penne problem. Not my Penne problem. <laughs> <laughs> I got 99 problems, but Penne ain't one. What did it say? <laughs> I don't know. But, it, you know, and then the phone. The phone. The Android. And then BD is like, well, we can't get this again because Che is a terrible actor. <gasps> and I thought, again, alongside Tony Danza's beautiful performance, I thought Sada Ramirez was doing beautiful work, being so in. Because you have to do something about the cat. She's not Put doing her anything. out of the room. She's running amok on the camera. <laughs> You just see, like, her little tail, like... Yes, every two waving. minutes. Okay, okay. All right, Sam's going to get Barb out of the room. I'm going to continue to talk about Tony Danza. Go! She's, like, posing in front of the camera. Like, that's what I need hey, to see. On. Brian yeah, is not editing this. Um, so I really thought that Sara Ramirez did really beautiful, mm-hmm. great work. Thank you, guys. In the moment as she is taking in what so Beatty is saying, as well as recognizing how terrible... Che is being, yes, I've had to vamp while you did that. Thank you for getting your menagerie out of the room. Would you like to say something? No, I'm getting situated. (laughs) You know Brian's not editing this. We're on mic. Yes, he is. No, we got to get this out. What are you talking about? We can't get into the logistics of the fact that you don't know that means you don't pay attention to our production meetings. No, that's why we're recording locally. You said he uh, needs our local I'm audio. Not th- we don't need to discuss this on the podcast. Okay. So, also, I thought it was interesting that Miranda <laughs> FaceTimes Brady, but then the phone she is holding is not an iPhone. What do you mean? He says, Mom, why are you FaceTiming me when she picks up the phone? Well, I just think that that's like a a verb. But I don't, it was crazy. No, because I think, then why would he say that? Because I think she called him by accident, but then the phone rings. But also, you know, like when you FaceTime someone, like it ding, like it's like do, 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 like when you're waiting for their call or like when you're waiting for them to answer. Like even if I call you, it makes a noise. It will make a noise. Oh, okay. But the her, but it's interesting. Her phone is not a face, is not a um, iPhone. Right. I just think FaceTime is just like a a verb now. Yeah. No matter what you're using. Can you, but then what is she? You can't call someone though. If I, I can't just FaceTime when someone with a droid, can I? Yeah. How? I don't, that's not possible. It has Maybe to be Maybe he has an android. Oh, that's true. God, Brady I would. Not. Well, you know, villains can't have iPhones. So, he probably is a droid user. Now, let's chat about, um, this scene outside where Che comes out with the PA who's holding an umbrella because it's too sunny out. <laughs> and Miranda explains what's happened and Chase screams, you ruined the family scene. Yeah. These are two ships passing at night. And Miranda was just like, well, this is my real family. Like, I have a child. I was in the you middle of a family bitch. scene, and it's real. Yeah. I, I know, was like, but- good for Miranda. Like, this was the Miranda that I think everybody was missing, was, like, this Miranda that, like, stands up for herself. And I like that she did that in the moment. She was like, no, this is my fucking kid. 
Well, we have to I'm also going... remember that that's how they met, right? Like at right. Big's funeral when Che gives Brady marijuana and she stands up to, uh, to she stands up to Che. And that's where we, of course, get the name Rambo. And like, you're not a mama bear, you're a papa bear. And yeah, guys, was... go back and watch that scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. crazy. Um, He's like, mom, I'm just know. doing some weed. But I, I appreciated, though, the idea that these are two people with two separate priorities. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important in life to recognize that, like, your priority doesn't trump the other person's. Mm-hmm. That for Che, this pilot isn't just like a pilot. It is the culmination of their entire career as a non-binary person. Mm-hmm. And Miranda not only um, ruined the take, but also in that led to sort of a public humili- humiliation Mm-hmm. And that for Miranda, it is, of course, like, I just think it's easier for us as an audience to understand the parental relationship. But I think it's incredibly potent what Che is going through in that moment. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they then have to go back in and do something again. It's like, yeah. all Miranda has to do is go home and relate to her experience as a mother. Or reconnect yeah. with it, I should say. Yeah, I would definitely reconnect. Um, I also really love that Miranda called Charlotte. Before we get to that, because I do want to chat about that, I really loved the final beat. I I think that when Miranda says, I don't want to leave it in this, well, first she said this yucky way, which I thought, we're on Sex in the City. You can say, and just yucky. like that, just say shitty. Yeah. Um, But I appreciate that Che comes back over and says, like, I hope everything works out with Brady. And then when Miranda says, I hope the, the pilot's going to be great, Che has this lighthearted chuckle. Mm-hmm. And so while they had this terse moment, they find their way back to some level of good Mm -hmm. or I should say the best version of good they can have at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the Charlotte scene was the second I cried throughout that scene. It was just so beautiful to see like Miranda calls Charlotte because Charlotte's a mother and like, she'll know really what to say and what to do. And like, she'll be able to relate to the situation. It felt this to me felt like a moment that we've been waiting for for like 20 years. Yes. Like that you're 100% can, that, right. That this is the this is why where the show can mine the history we have with these women and the character that the characters have with one another. Like you're thinking of the fact that how Charlotte took her Miranda's original pregnancy with Brady, the fact that they raised their that their kids were around the same age because of um, Charlotte's adoption. Mm-hmm. Like they have been in the sort of mom trenches together, and we don't always get to explore that. And I really loved the line where Miranda, I'm sorry, Charlotte says, There is nothing more important. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great that Charlotte tell, like reminds her of that. Like, you need to take care of this. Yeah. And Che doesn't matter. No, Che does not matter right now. Your child matters. And then I don't she know, gets home. Because you and I always, we always want a moment with Charlotte and Miranda. I feel like we talk about it a lot. Like we see a lot of Carrie and Charlotte or Charlotte and, um, or Miranda and Carrie, but to see these two together was just really nice. And I thought it was really well coded also throughout the episode that Charlotte says, Oh, I spoke to Miranda and we've been talking about how well you're doing. Mm-hmm. And also that when, Mar- when Carrie tells Charlotte, I'm sorry, when Carrie tells Miranda that she has COVID, Charlotte instantly calls because Miranda reached out to say, please help her, please help her. That there is this this triangulation between the three of them. It often can feel Mm Carrie-focused, but we get these subtle points that these two really are also connected. It's my sincere hope 
that if we continue to go to the Samantha well, we also, it's not always through Carrie. Like, I would like to see her relationship repaired with Charlotte and Miranda also, Um, which is why I thought the nice moment in the first episode when she says, I'm being Samantha, Charlotte, that that felt so great. It's like, oh, Charlotte, they, that is a loss for Charlotte and Miranda also. Right. And I thought Braid there reuniting Brady and Miranda was so beautiful. I cried. That actor, I thought, did such a great job of youthful crying. That sort of oh overwhelming way your body just convulses. And you're so sad. Like, it, And you just want painful. your mom. And I mean, that's not something like I can relate to personally, but I understand it as a feeling. It was so emotional for me and watching it. And when he it, says like, everyone is breaking up. Everyone is breaking up. And, and she says, not you and me. It was really, he did such a beautiful job of like portraying that level of sadness and like just wanting like your mom. And I've just been there so many times, like crying in my, like literally falling into my mom's arms. And just, I did wonder where is Steve? Coney Island. Like, where the fuck is he? Is he just upstairs sleeping? He can't hear? No, I don't think they live together anymore. No, they do. They still live. Mm -mm, Maybe he was at work. I, yeah, I think that next episode we'll hear that, like, Miranda's on the couch. Like, I think that Steve has been... I mean, imagine they, in the break up, they break up and Miranda almost instantly leaves to go to L.A. What would be the reasoning for Steve to find a new place? That's true. So, no, I think, they're, I think we're staring down the barrel of them cohabitating. Wait, I'm kind of obsessed. Because um, we know he's coming back because he's going to rip that hat off and turn us on. Now let's get into Seema and Carrie. Oh my god. Seema's robbed, and we find out that she owns a townhouse? Why are we going in there? Like, it's making me angry. I feel like there's something, like, did the budgets get cut? From, like, to show the inside of Seema's apartment? Yeah, it's like, she's always, like, I just feel like if we're going to find out this woman owns a townhouse... Mm Mm-hmm. Show it to me. I want a full walkthrough. I want an AD, like, the scene. She's on the phone with Carrie, walking room to room to room. It feels like Max was like, look, you can come back, but we're slashing the budget by 10%. Yeah, all you got is your bet. Like, you, yeah, I'm like, you, Seema, you're going to be, well, you can be out in front of a building, and you're going to be in bed. Mm-hmm. It, at first, like, when I first saw her come out, I did, it was startling because I thought it was Sonia's townhouse. It looks It looks so nothing similar. like Sonia's townhouse. Are it's also in a serious? different neighborhood. Well, I know that, but it looks Sonia's like Sonia's townhouse is next to a parking garage. I know that. That's what I'm saying. I thought it was Sonia's at first. Uh, that's so funny to me because to me, the exteriors look nothing alike. They look a lot alike to me. And Sonia's has that weird thing where you have to go down steps. It's Right. When I got my eyes on it a little bit longer, it definitely, um, I realized it wasn't hers. But I'm just really, like, I feel like we're also, in terms of the budgets, they're not, like, outside that much ever. I thought that, too, when we saw it. It just feels like there's no New York in this Mm -hmm. season. It feels, like, very, like, even when she ran, she got caught up in the dog, so they're like, we're not blocking off another street. She can't chase her that long. Just... 
Yeah, she gave up pretty, pretty quickly. I was like, just, it's not even like she was right. I was like, if we're going to have her get stuck and not be able to chase the guy because of the dogs, mm-hmm. at least have her truly wrapped up in the dogs. Like Carrie was at the, in that one <laughs> scene where she's, I'm like, have her tangled up. Give me something to laugh at. Yeah, it was she, you're right. Like, I kind of felt that way when we first saw the set. I was like, oh, wait, we're in New York. Like, it because it feels kind of like Disneyland vibes. Like, it doesn't it just, feel that real. It, it mostly because we're always indoors. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they're always the same, like, three sets. Like, I feel like we've been to lunch at that restaurant where we saw Seam and Anthony 90 times. We have. And Carrie's bedroom. Like, that's it. We're not I even can't. really getting anything else at Carrie's. And I feel like we're always in, like, that one room in Charlotte's apartment. It's like, guys, what's happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the budgets have been slashed. And I felt like that the studio where Carrie was recording that thing was the exact same room where she recorded sex. I'm like, what is going on? It felt where she was recording the audio book felt like they were just like paint the walls. We're doing the same set as where she recorded with Franklin. Yeah. Max, maybe they're just spending too much money on the clothes, but I'm like, maybe they're spending too much money on bringing Kim Cattrall back. I need them to up the budgets if they're going to keep this show going. Like we need to be on the streets. I'm not getting enough walk and talks. Well, do you remember, like, you and I said a few months ago, maybe, we were like, we're not really getting a lot of, like, um, like any photos of them. The like, only people who seemed to be couple. on the streets were Aiden and Carrie. Everyone right. else was, like, on lockdown. Yeah. Like, I never... We did we why. see any set photos of Naya? No. I just saw every, zero. Everybody's on, like, these, these sets. And I feel like everyone's set is one room. It is. And they're all, like, next to one another. They're like, okay, you <laughs> go in there, you go in there. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate, I th- I really liked the fact that they didn't go to the well where where Seema tells Carrie, and she's like, I was robbed once. He took my Fendi baguette. It's like, thank God we didn't have to revisit that, that it's just in our memory. But then Carrie's bopping down, and we are reintroduced to Lisette. And I have to tell you, I was happy to see her. Chris, I'm not kidding. I wrote, Lisette is too fucking chic. Like, no, I you love hated Lisette. I hated her. I was so fucking pissed that she was coming back. The moment I saw her, I was like, I love oh, this Oh, there's woman. my old friend. Yeah, I was like, I was like she, she looks phenomenal. I'm obsessed with her outfit, her, like, little bomber jacket. Like To get into fashion leisure. very briefly, I did write Lisette's opening look very much, like, of what a young girl would be wearing right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought they did a really – I was – and, I, and I'd have to go back to see how they were styling Lisette last season, but I did feel like she looked nuts. She did. Whereas this season, I was like, oh, this is how a young girl in New York who has a certain level of wealth further away. When we saw the inside of her apartment, I'm like, Carrie, move down here. I know. <laughs> like, I think why I is this jewelry designer <laughs> living better than you? Well, last season, I felt like she, like, it was just like one couch and like empty bottles of wine everywhere. Mm-hmm. This season, it looked like she did a full run on uh, West Elm. And that, that jewelry line is killing it. Yeah. So I appreciate Lisette. We find out that Carrie's going to record her audiobook. And I have written here three notes that simply say recording an audiobook seems like my absolute nightmare. Oh my God, Chris. We could I never. Those two people screaming, like, nope, you're dropping it. I would I would be in full tears. Why couldn't they get her a chair? Why was she you, fully standing? I think you normally stand during those things. I, I didn't know. I Googled. I was like, I have to Google this. And I Googled people recording audiobooks. A lot of people sitting in they high chairs, of chair. course, with no backs. Like those Vanderpump Rules chairs. <laughs> Stools. From the reunions, you know, that they make them sit on instead mm-hmm. of a couch. 
like just a bar stool. It's like, but get her something. I'm like, this is, seems to be a long book. She's five days. Oh my god! And like, just having to, because sometimes like no, things those are... men were perfectly cast as audio producers. Oh my god! Perfect. It seems like some people have uh, trotted our boards before. If you know what I mean, <laughs> it's given me hints of somebody. Hints of not, a few people. Not Brian. Not Brian. Not our baby. Not no. our baby boy. If I ever have to record an audiobook, Brian's definitely producing it. And oh, actually, for he sure. would be it. He'd be like, Chris, come on, turn your mic on. That's the first note I'm getting every day. <laughs> he would just be annoyed with my popping of my P's and my S's. Just like Carrie. Yeah. Now, she's gotten to chapter three, which is when Big dies. And that begs the question, what the fuck is in chapter one and two of this book? What is she Maybe doing just to like set a the quick stage? catch up? Like, like where we are now. We're in love. Where we spent COVID together. Okay, so it's like COVID. We're listening to an album. We're cooking a meal a night. Mm-hmm. I just was like, God, let, that needs to be chapter one. Like, and she can't get through it. Um, no, I was, I was so sad for her. That second recording session, I wanted to reach through the television and strangle that producer when he said, "Carrie, that's too long of a pause, sir. You can fix that in post." Thank you. I was like, can these people do you know like, how not many do their breaks we jobs? take? Well, none. But <laughs> not even today. Yeah, it's just <laughs> one long. This is basically a monologue. It was like I didn't understand why they couldn't fix things in post. Like I was confused why they were being so fucking mean to her when they were like when she was like, You don't want the author to be breaking down. He was like, Yeah, we don't. I'm like, no. she's talking but about he her did, dead he, fucking he, husband, asshole. He did build her up a bit when he was like, But you got your teas together. Oh my god! I would be like. So fuck he off. gave her. A, he just did his. He did his sandwich incorrectly. He had to compliment, critique, compliment. He was critique. He was critique, critique compliment, compliment, critique. Right. It was not good. Which is sort of how Brian's note. Maybe I need to give that note to Brian. Brian, look, we need compliment, critique, compliment. Yeah. I need to hear Chris. You look nice. Your audio sounds crazy, but I appreciate your top. That's. That's it. I. No, I assume you cried during the scene where she's attempting to read the chapter and we start hearing the water. I cried the I cried both times when she was trying to read it. When she I got was emotional like, the first time. It was just like, fuck, like this really happened to her. Like, I know that that sounds crazy, but I feel like last season they were just kind of going, she was trying to just get out of the grief and like moving, trying to just figure things out and now it's like she's really sitting with it or or kind of sitting with it and it was so sad i think it's like she found him yeah i think that recording the audiobook is such a great way to bring this all back Mm -hmm. that it feels very natural rooted in the fact that we watched her write this book in the first season and it's the best way to relive these emotions but in a temporary manner that, like, I don't really want to talk about Big for no. the next, like, eight episodes. But the this is a great way of us touching on it so that mm-hmm. we can let it go in this way. The problem I had with the second, the second recording session where they sort of inter- interpolate the shower, the mm-hmm. water, it starts to, like, smear the words on the book, on the um, iPad. Mm-hmm. I felt that that is something you write and then you go to the recording, you go to film it, and you see what Sarah Jessica Parker's doing, and you see you don't need that. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it felt too on the nose, too all over the place. And honestly, it stopped me from emotionally connecting to Carrie because I was like, this is this is insane. Like, I understand what they were trying to do, but I felt it was too... Too, like you said, too on the nose. Too, and also just taking away from what I thought was a really affecting performance. Like, mm -hmm. I it, sometimes that happens in the first movie where they don't trust the performances enough, and then they layer over this music in a way that always I'm like, just if you had left that in silence, we would have been. It would. It would have been just as impactful. If it would have been, if not more so. I yeah. think of like when she's being fed by Samantha, that's played with just the slightest <laughs> underbit of music. Mm -hmm. And but sometimes that movie is like get that score going, and I'm like, yeah. I know the music is beautiful, but just leave it sparse is better. Well, sometimes, sometimes too, like we can tell that she's sad. We don't need to hear like I'm sad. You yeah, know? it's like you can let. It, I always we're you not have to stupid. trust your perform. You trust your performances, right? Um, but I did. I, I thought it was really lovely. And then we run into Bitsy. Oh my god. And they do something that I typically really hate, which is when, like, the clown becomes the wise person. Mm -hmm. Like, it's one of my least favorite tropes in any art. And fuck Shakespeare for creating it. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, I enjoyed Bitsy as dropping into some sort of reality. No, Bitsy? Not after five seconds of knocking on a window. No, no I was gonna say. She's not, she's banging on it, like the fucking the graduate like it scared me i was like who the fuck is that like she looked beautiful she looked great and um, i did feel that the writers had to throw in that facelift thing because they were like look ma'am we gotta talk about it we gotta like you had one we can't just not, we can't just not acknowledge um, she looked beautiful though she looked beautiful but it kind of reminded me of when they're at the wedding and she just simply is like you just sometimes want someone to make you laugh or something like that doesn't she say something to Carrie like at at um at at her own wedding about? Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I thought you meant Big and Carrie's wedding. I was like, we barely were at that wedding. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are you no, talking about? No, it's like, Bitsy's you mean wedding. Hallway? I don't remember her being on the library steps with us. No, it was yes, Bitsy's wedding. Um, like she said something about Marcus says maybe he makes her laugh. Yeah, and like I don't know. So with Bitsy, she just is a she's a nut, and I love it, her. It really, though, I thought it was so beautiful true. that this, um, like, look, we see Bitsy on and off throughout the series. I think we, I mean, we meet her in that one episode. Then we see her again when Charlotte's getting the acupuncture and she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, but that marriage on the whole is played for jokes in that episode between her and Bobby Fine. Mm -hmm. He's gay. I felt that this actress did a beautiful job of telegraphing some, this marriage that we didn't see. I know. And, and when also she's, oh, sorry, saying, like, think of all the women out there that are going to read this book who have gone through this. I was like, wait. Like, I, I don't know why I didn't even, like. Nose, but it did. I understood. I appreciated I, it. I appreciated the idea, but I thought the writing was a little bit too, like, oh, the, the wit you're going the to bring <laughs> to the women who need this. I was like, who the fuck talks like that? Bitsy. Um, well, she had a wig. I don't know about Bitsy. Okay. Julie Halston, that's usually what her hair looks like. I can't imagine she's always But it kind of looked like wig-like, but maybe it wasn't. I mean, maybe that she showed up to set late and they were like, look, we don't have time. Just throw a wig on her and let's go. <laughs> um, but I, I thought it was so beautiful, the line she says, the hole never fills, but new life will grow around it. From her cabal. 
from her Kabbalah class. Now, that was such a beautiful line. I don't know why we were doing a 2008 Kabbalah joke. Because that's Betsy. But no, the show, that's like a WAP joke. And from like, we don't, we, some things had their cultural moment. Will mm. and Grace did some beautiful Kabbalah jokes, but I wanted to leave them there. Like Kabbalah right. is we not didn't something to we still talk down. about. Like, unless I am wrong, I don't know that Kabbalah is something people are still talking about. It felt like something like my astrologist told me or like the Etsy witch I hired. Like it felt like we could have named a more (laughs) specific, (laughs) but it just felt like a specific crazy thing people are into now. Like Mm -hmm. I saw on CoStar. Okay. Like it just like we are, we've moved on. Like, but Bitsy obviously crazy people who want, who need outside, um, external validation have yeah. found something else outside of Kabbalah. And look, I'm talking about my team of mystic healers is vast. So yeah, you know, I'm I have paid anyone. an Etsy witch. Now I haven't gone that far, but <laughs> I think it worked, but, but it I was thought the line really itself beautiful was beautiful. Quote. And it isn't from Kabbalah, by the way, I did Google it. That's yeah, what an is MP- it it's an MPK original. It really was beautiful. Oh, I, I wrote it down on my phone and will be looking at it for years to come from now. You know, it, I've really been facing my mortality. Not that not that I'm there's nothing wrong with me. Okay. But time does go fast and life is short, you know. I know. I've been the really old never about fails, that too. but new life will grow around it. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I think is so. Is the new life Aiden? Yikes. That's old life. I think the new life is the new women. I'm worried about what MPK is talking about. What they do. Yeah. uh, We'll discuss that on a bonus episode. But she ultimately, Bitsy says, you have to find your own version of joy. Yeah. And Carrie goes and buys, I counted 13 pairs of shoes. Now, I don't know how much those shoes cost, but I'm guessing she spent upwards of $10,000. I was thrilled for her. I was like, spend big money, bitch. <laughs> like, I was like, and Well, it's do not big something. money. He dead. It's her money. Right, but like, he obviously left it to her. Yeah, but he dead. He's dead. I was just like, thank God she's spending money. I'm, this is the carry I, I love. Know. To me, it felt, <laughs> see, no, I just had a different add-on. I was in like, this is gross consumerism. Capitalism is evil. We really like need to topple this, eat the rich, and also buy a better fucking apartment. I don't want to see you spend more money on shoes than your actual home. I like, do. I, I need her in a, like, if you have that level of money, who would live in that hovel, that shack? <laughs> it's like a tenement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It just, it's we talk so about depressing. It. I can't. It is. But, you know, it's. And having seen the set recreated at the end, just like that Sex in the City 25 Years Experience pop up shop, <laughs> it ain't big. It's like you go in there, it's like, the, it's, like the, it's like a foyer. It's tiny. It's teeny tiny. When I walked into it, I was like, I hope this isn't to scale. It's like a doll I had tears in my eyes. I was like, oh my God. If this is the size of that room, no wonder she got a tinier bed in there. She's like, I need room she, to stretch out. She literally just like, I need room to fucking breathe. Can't live in this. Oh I have God. tears in my eyes now thinking about a wealthy woman living in that home. It's like, oh my God, that and that oh, that bathroom. Oh, the bathroom's the worst. Look, it looks like my bathroom. It's like I don't have any money. Like, I have nothing. It's like, and I don't want to be unkind, but it's like, it it does seem to be furnished with like an, 
someone who has bought everything on Afterpay. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. It's like, I, I can't. I can't. And it's like, I can't. The, the Mary Poppins closet. I cannot spend one more second in that apartment. I really need her to get out of there. Oh, and I know LTW basically lives in that closet <laughs> and the that hallway. Is the size of Carrie's it, entire apartment. It does seem to be. And Charlotte's never not in the kitchen. It's like everybody's on one set, but I need a better set for her. Mm-hmm. And it could be the same physical space, but just make it like, okay, now Carrie's closet is her bedroom. Right. And we only see her in that closet. And <clears> I'm fine with that. Well, that sad kitchen. Um, with that Which white refrigerator. Not a white refrigerator. And all. Oh my God. I was just getting a little claustrophobic. I was just getting a little claustrophobic with all the bags. Yeah. And then she tries to read her book amongst her joy. And then she just calls him and says, Look, I get COVID. (laughs) And when I heard it, I was like, Oh my God, I forgot about that. COVID? Yeah. Like she said, said, I was like, Huh. Oh, yeah. My oh, head's yeah. been in air quality and the submersible. I know. We've moved on. And so then she texts Seema. I love that she commits, though, to COVID. She's like, I got to order food in. Like, she basically. No, she was fully committed, telling everyone. Yeah. And so Seema comes over, and Carrie finally is like, Look, I don't have COVID. And I did appreciate the idea that she is worried about how long you can burden someone with your grief. But then I remembered, like, well, sweetie, you didn't have a problem, like, only talking about the fact that your man jilted you for, like, a year. Like, I you think, didn't get over that one right quick. I think she's grown. It seems she has. She's a much better person. Yeah. Like, when she said that, I was like, wait, who? who she seems, talking? like, really grounded. Like, and just like really. Sweet and, like, interested in being a good friend. I know. It's she's like, seen what? the tweets. <laughs> Although I guess she did hang up on Miranda right quick. She was like, look, bitch, don't get a tattoo. Come home. I have to go. I have fake COVID. Yeah. And Charlotte's like, I want to send you something. She's like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> She's still going to carry, but yeah. she does seem a little bit more grounded. She at least seems to know now I have to keep my hatred for my friends to myself. I can't be so right. outright in my displays of hatred. Mm-hmm. And so. Seema also looked so beautiful when she came over. Oh, yeah. And I did love the line of, I may have not been here the first round, but I am this time. Although I did feel Seema was there the first round with her grief. I don't I mean, think she was they were like her 97 apartments to get her out of that one. But I don't think they were like that close. Like, I, I don't know think that's Carrie... what she meant, but it did feel like, I mean, she, was she wasn't not there. <laughs> yeah. She helped you sell that apartment, showed you a bunch, sold Remember you that. Remember when she walked in, she was like, this is absolutely beautiful. Fix it. Everything has to go. Everything, Everything has, to go. has to be beige. Yeah. Um, which is true. Um, so then we roll over to Lisette's show, and this was a strange set piece, and I felt like, let's, whatever money we spent to do this, we should have spent on the Met Gala. Yeah, I agree. I was like, what are we doing here? And also, what is this? Like, no, I, I, I didn't really understand. I was so confused. So Bergdorf's and all these stores would, like, Lisette makes jewelry to, like, individualized pieces correct that's she doesn't five she isn't a factory so why would a department it. store want one thing i guess Maybe she would then have could... to produce a lot of them yes is that how it works like i'm macy's and i go to lisette's show and say like hey i like this d- thing. maybe then they would like pay for it to be like mass produced. mass produced i did feel we of all the like um 
what's the exposition they did they do on this show? I was like, let's explain that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because then and I, I will say before this happened, I thought everything is really just out there. Like yeah. I was like, shouldn't these be in cases? Hanging on like little jewelry trees, out on the like, counters. Is, I've seen a more formalized Renaissance fair booth. <laughs> yeah. So when that man started to steal stuff, I was like, ah, got it. That's why things That's are every which is, way. Yeah. And I was like, wait, he's not he true. I was like, this is this is why I love this show. He's truly just grabbing stuff by the fistful. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and putting and it in his pocket. Blatantly putting it in his coat pocket. He might as well have been twirling his mustache with a burlap sack with a dollar sign on it, putting it in there. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. And they and, were like, what is he doing? What's he doing? Maybe he's moving it. Like, what is going on? And then he comes over and tries to rob them directly. Mm-hmm. That was Carrie screams, I have COVID, every for which which forces a stampede. Of people to leave. He and he still wants her nameplate necklace and Carrie's and Seema's ring. And Carrie says, oh, it, it has such meaning to me. I would have said it is worthless. Like, you got it no, at Mervyn's. I think, she, no, she bought it at like a street fair, she says, when she loses it. I guess, well. What's Mervyn's? <laughs> she has, she, when Sarah Jessica Parker posted a picture of the of the necklace, it was in like a Mervyn's box. Oh, I remember her saying like, I bought it at a street at fair with all the girls. Maybe she did. Um, when she when it's lost in the lining of the bag. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, but I would have said this isn't worth anything. Not like oh, it's made out of way- tin. Yeah, I'm like it's ghetto gold for fun. She it- sort of brought that line back. <laughs> then Seema out of nowhere pulls out a gun. <laughs> I'm like, and truly at this point, my mouth was agape, and I was genuinely just wondering what am I watching? I know, and that was the feeling I missed from the first two episodes. The gun ultimately turns out to be a lighter, and I did love the beat of, "Ma'am, you can't smoke in here." She's like, "Really? <laughs> this is the problem." <laughs> the fact a man just robbed us. Yeah, and so I felt bad for Lisette, and then mm-hmm. I mean, so we should close out Seema's storyline, which is she finds the bag in the most obvious place. And I got to tell you, if that bag was sitting there, that obviously it would have been picked up. We the tw- ten seconds after it was, it dropped. was bright orange. <laughs> It like hanging out of the bushes. The handle might as well have been on the sidewalk. Like, <laughs> so crazy. It wasn't behind any sort of gate or lock. You just had to reach down and pick yeah. it up. I was like, okay. I was like, this is again the stupidity of this show is why. Like, if this is up there with um, oh, I don't want to read this vagina ad now. This entire company is closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to say pussy. This so companies going dozens under. of people have lost their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> We and then I love that she also like just skipped out and she's like, things happen, you know, we lose jobs. What <laughs> like, no, these people like, don't have an income. What if I don't need this podcast anyway? Bye, Franklin. My week's full. <laughs> and so uh, we, Carrie goes down to Lisette's apartment. We find out that they're close enough for Carrie to have a spare key. I know. She, for emergencies. She lets herself in. Lisette is lying on the bed and. Carrie gets in her bed. She did keep her shoes on, which I was like, come on. I know. I felt that was Sarah Jessica Parker as a tiny person saying, I'm not taking my heels off. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was really lovely, like both of them having this moment of like, I have to start all over. Mm-hmm. And I thought Sarah Jessica Parker looked ravishing. 
when she walked into that apartment. I thought she has never looked more beautiful in the 25 years this show has been on the AR. Chris, I thought that the whole episode, I was like, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Do you think they'll ever give Carrie curly hair again, or is that just phase over? That phase is over. I feel like we need it. Like, like Lisette the- curls? Oh, is maybe that's where we're getting our curls. But I feel I like I'm, I need them in Sarah Jessica Parker's hair. She's going to, and I know she probably doesn't want to do it, but she's going to need to give it to we'll us. We'll never see them again. Just in a, like, whatever the like Just most- Like That finale is needs to do it. But whoever is doing that hair, the... Deserves every award. The bounciness when it's giving like the far, the Farrah Fawcett like bouncy. Beautiful. When it's beautiful. straight, the color the ponytail. is... Is it all real? I don't, I don't know, it can't be. but I also no, don't care. Like, I, I don't care. I think in the world of Sex and the City, it's all real. But there's got to be at least two to three bundles in there. You think? The, Sarah Jessica got, Parker has too... good hair. Maybe not. I don't know. I just I feel saw, like, uh, I mean, I mean these... we'll get into the fashion. Yeah. But it's, she's so beautiful. I thought she's never looked more beautiful than in this episode. And I, I again, from episode one of Sex and the City to this point, mm-hmm. I thought this episode, she was beautifully photographed. And so then ultimately Carrie's finally able to finish recording chapter three. And over drinks with Seema, they celebrate up the highs and lows of New York City and living there. Mm-hmm. And they meet two gentlemen from Down Under. Down Under. And I preferred them to the gen- the gay gentleman who joined us way back from um, White Lotus. They bop over, and we close out on, and just like that, I got COVID. And at first I was like, huh? And then I realized, oh, she's getting, she's going to get COVID from these two gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And how beautifully does that match the idea of the good and the bad, the high and the low? Mm-hmm. I got this thrilling evening. Maybe they fucked. But, you know, I had then had to quarantine for a bit. I thought it was the best and just like that we've heard since John and just like that big died. Yeah, I totally agree. It was so I was smiling when oh, the men like are. were talking to them and was like flirting with them. And I was like, these women are so fucking hot. Like, I love that they're in this like men are still interested because I also feel like in a lot of shows, we don't see women of like a certain age like be sexy or sexual or sensual and these women just naturally are that and like i just i loved this ending so much it was so fun and like i love that seema complained about the communal table and then suddenly was like oh i don't love a communal table i don't either i also don't love something that doesn't have a back a chair i need a back I, well, you're not getting it back at a communal table. That's fucking nice. Well, I know, but that's why I said I, <laughs> I don't mean, like mean, unless it's like a, like a dinner table. Unless you're like at a dinner party. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought it was just really a very fun, flirty. It felt like the world was open. Again, I did have to think, like, where are we? Boston? L.A.? Like, nothing in this show makes me feel like we're in New York City. Although... I'm like, guys, take this production up to Canada and save some money if this is what you guys are going to film. Yeah, it doesn't feel like New York. But, but maybe New York doesn't feel like New York right now. No, I was just there. It felt pretty New York. It ran okay. me ragged for <laughs> 17 hours. Don't worry. Okay. It's still New York. Okay. Um, what did you think of the fashion? Chris, the, the costume designers are nailing it. I 
it's like a feast for my eyes. Like every single woman has on the perfect outfit. It's layered. It's colorful. It's warm. It's like, I'm, I honestly, I'm obsessed, obsessed with what I they're feel, wearing. I feel that they have such a great concept for all of the new characters. I still fear that they do not have a, that they have not found a way of connecting this carry to the carry we know. There is this huge disjointed do you think they're not Carrie? wearing like she's not wearing enough like fitted clothes? I just think there is something now, of course, this woman is also much older and her fashion taste is evolved. There is something not eclectic about her clothing now. Mm. It feels almost too styled and mm. not like not that I think uh Patricia Field was ever like take one thing off, but mm -hmm. there was something about almost like, okay, let's wrap that jacket. Instead of her wearing the jacket, let's have her wrap it around her waist. It it just feels like... Like it's not like is, lived in enough? Yeah, she's ready to stand and have a photo taken of her mm -hmm. rather than like, this is Carrie thought about, oh, I want to pair this with that in this interesting way. Like all of the other characters, I think in the history of the show have always, have almost always been, um, of course, beautifully dressed, but um wearing clothing mm -hmm. whereas carrie had a sense of style and i'm not getting that quite yet from this version of carrie okay. it just always feels like she's wearing clothes rather than she mm -hmm. thought about her outfit yeah does I that don't make know. sense but i do it think the clothing is beautiful and everyone else i think it's working perfectly <clears throat> like i thought um i love charlotte charlotte's louis vuitton shirt and the matching apron mm -hmm. when she's talking to carrie on the phone um, I thought Seema LT looked beautiful. Beautiful. I do think Wish, though, Seema's always, she sort of has a uniform. A silk They've created this blouse. sort of silk monochromatic look for her, and I'd like them to break out of that a bit. Mm -hmm. LTW is wearing a black and white shirt dress at the second parent-teacher conference that is stunning. Mm -hmm. And I I just thought that Carrie looked beautiful when beautiful, she walked into, into Lisette's apartment in that dress. I, there was also something really, for me, refreshing about seeing characters on TV dressed in, like, this elevated, colorful way. Because right now, like, if you're on, like, TikTok or Instagram, like, everybody's kind of in the same outfit. Everyone kind of has the same haircut. Everyone's wearing like the same gold earrings and everyone's wearing same linen pants and tops and like everyone's wearing loafers. Like it's the same thing and yeah. it's none of it's colorful. And then, so to see this, it's like actually like really inspiring. Like yeah. it made me like want to get up and like get dressed and like put on makeup. <laughs> I will say, I thought that the way they styled Lisette at Perfect. her party that to me seemed like a Carrie Bradshaw outfit. The <laughs> idea that I'm wearing this jumpsuit, but I'm going to drape this jewelry around my back, not my front. It felt like, oh, here is this piece of clothing. How do we mess it up a bit? Mm -hmm. I In it. the best way possible. Yeah. And I just I, wish they would bring that. They just need to bring that eye a bit to Carrie. Yeah. I can't see her anymore. Like, fit it. Like, oh, I'm wearing like a top and some pants and then a crazy coat. She's it's always like, in a coat. Like, what season is it? I'm just glad we're not, like, with all the totes. I was kind of sick of the totes. And uh, and I don't... Look, we did the New York Times sweater last week. She looked beautiful. I don't need to see her in any more sweaters in that apartment. 
Oh, when she was in the um, and eating that doing burger. The face mask. I was like, oh god. Yeah. This is the most depressing sight I've ever seen for a wealthy woman. Go to a fucking spa. Like, I don't need to see her doing it. Like, who is she? Me? Right. She's not aspirational anymore. What did you think of the men? I mean, gorgeous. Who is your fave? Top to bottom, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. My favorite man, honestly, Ricky. Insightful king. Ricky could have blown my back out for sure. <laughs> um, I'm going with Sound Guy, and I'm really hoping we get to go on that date. With Naya? Oh my God, Chris. For some reason, I, I got Sound Guy and Audio Guy for the book confused in my <laughs> no, mind. Not and the I was audiobook. like, not I was like, the audiobook. Not the audiobook producer. Respectfully, he's a gorgeous great, man. Not for guy. me. Right. What would you give this out of 10? A 10. Yeah, this is 10, 10, 10s across the board. Mm -hmm. I loved this episode. I would watch it again right now. I'm going to, probably. I'm going to be listening to Sour and Crying. All right, thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week when we discuss the fourth episode of In Just Like That Season 2. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Reviews. They're dragging us again. For what? Well, they dragged me for being mean to you, and then one person was like, well, I really like Chris, but that other girl is... Is a, a fucking mess. clown. <laughs> and they were like, I found this I found this podcast through Sam's. I don't really like her, but I love Chris. I'm like, Jesus, what a slam. Like, I found her... I found this through her. Her, but I, I can't fucking hate her. her. <laughs> like, so you guys, know what? Please bolster us. I'm not for everybody, and that's okay. Acquired taste. I'm being slammed left and right. So for the record, I don't you do think like us, If you do like us, please mm -hmm. give us a little something-something. And you can do that wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, you can support us by joining us on patreon.com slash podcast. We're providing bonus episodes. We're going to schedule a mid-season Zoom call mm -hmm. just to see what's what with and just like that and talk about our predictions, maybe get into what's going on with Aiden. And you can follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram, and I'm at Takers Olaf on Twitter. Bye. Bye.